0: The Space Case Sarah Show with Space Nerds Covey and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah?
1: Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Yeah!
0: Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio.
1: Hello, Space Cadets, and all of you out there on Terra listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with my Space Nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. You have joined us for the as Benjamin uh, wrote, but now I have to sing it. Chlorine, chlorine,
2: chlorine, 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 chlorine,
1: chlorine. episode, which uh, puts us at element number 17. 17. Guys. 17. And, uh, yeah, chlorine. We have some facts about chlorine, I am sure, aside from, I mean, it's a pretty easy jump right there to go right to some some bathroom jokes. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty much set up easy peasy, well, lemon squeezy, but. <laughs> I mean, we
2: all know that chlorine is used, uh, you know, bleach products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that, mm-hmm. that uh, chlorine-based bleach was the uh, solution to this classic problem that we all had in the 1800s, which is we want to make musical instruments from animal intestines but they smell, whatever are we going to do? And so the solution that was found by a French chemist was to use a chlorine-based remedy to treat the, uh, I believe, pig intestines in order to make musical strings.
0: (laughs) The solution yeah. wasn't to not use animal intestines. No. No, no. <laughs> no. no. What can we add to the intestines <laughs> to make them sound I... better?
1: <laughs> well, I mean and you know that like the bow the bow fibers of uh uh you know for violins and stuff like that traditionally was horse hair. So mm.
2: Yes. Oh gosh, this <laughs> is I have I have a friend who um who was an experimental archaeologist. So he's his his work was basically um discovering methods.
1: Hold up. Right? Experimental archaeologist.
2: Experimental archaeologist.
1: Okay. Alright, okay. Go. Go. So so he
2: would his his work and this was so cool, and I did I did an expedition with him once, which is a fancy way for so saying like, we we hung out in the desert for a few hours. Yeah, it's like, it's years. like,
1: like terrible camping. <laughs> yep. Understood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Uh, but basically he would, you know, d- discover and test different methods for, you know, creating tools and, and you know, various techniques that were used um, by uh, civilizations, you know, tens of thousands of years ago.
1: Shut the front door. Okay. I know.
2: I know. <laughs> Shut. Yes. Shut both doors because this is just, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, just all this talk of, of um, you know, manufacturing things from uh, animals, uh, which was something that was, you know, done by our prehistoric ancestors, of course, reminds me of the time that he was flying, um, he was flying in or out of the country, I can't remember where, it doesn't matter, and he had a bunch of, um, what was it? it? It was basically an intestine that had been split up into strands that he was using to make bows. Um, And, and like somebody said to him, like, aren't you worried that they're going to stop you at the airport and prevent you from coming into the country with that? And he's like, "What are they going to accuse me of? Like trying to arm a small tribe? What, like, <laughs> what are they actually going to do?" And people in security right. just had no idea. It's like, "Why do no you?" No idea have what to do. Yeah. Antlers and bits of deer. Okay. Good luck to you.
1: I'm getting but- interrupted. This might stay on the show. What? There's weird letter. There's another weird letter that you're trying to weird write. Letter. Maybe you should find an experimental archaeologist who uh, could explain how the Z? ancients would have done that. I am actually recording the Space Case Sarah show right now, so I'm going to need you to go downstairs and figure it out, okay?
2: Recording this Space Case Sarah show right. with the space nerds, Covey and Benjamin.
1: Uh, oh, yes. oh That's actually very fair. It's the mm. G.
2: Oh, G is the oh, Yeah, it's a G. G.
1: So, So... Well, but you know, it's the it's the like doop 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 like the two circles with the line in the middle that connects it, kind of G that you see in Times New Roman text. So today's
2: episode of the Space Case Sarah Show is brought to <laughs> you Autography. by the letter G.
1: By the letter G. Where are the Weimaritans? All right, <laughs> Benjamin, what yeah. do you have for the chlorine episode today? You have like. You have to follow up pig intestines and and experimental archaeology. So like have fun. Uh well
0: <laughs> His
1: eyes uh, are panicking right now. Chlorine <laughs> smells very I don't know what to do. I don't chlorine know what to do. A very
0: pungent order and chlorine is used as a very powerful cleaning agent for industrial waste and sewage. And uh-huh. intestines. And, and intestines. intestines. So that kind of goes in line with Cavies need to do poop humor.
1: So, does anyone know the answer to this? I have heard, and I don't know if it's like a, a like a a myth, but that the the very y smell is not because mm-hmm. of the chlorine, but it's because of the reaction of people peeing in the pool. Yep, <laughs> is that okay? So that's confirmed. What?
0: Yeah, if you uh, go to a pool and you think you're smelling that delicious <laughs> clean. <laughs> Bleachy smell of chlorine At the public pool It's because it's so because sanitary it. and clean It's actually a mix of uh, uh, You know Oils coming off your skin And uh, lots of pipette And other little contaminants That mix with the chlorine and other things in the pool And it kind of has this kind of Wafty smell It's not a horrible smell But it's a smell that comes from uh, Interacting with people
2: <laughs> and and so was that the smell that was used in chemical warfare in World War One? Like it wasn't just chlorine; it was chlorine taken from a pool. No, that was just chlorine. <laughs> the <gas>. Pigeons photographed <laughs> from their when cameras. When
1: they released, <laughs> 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 it's when they released chlorine
2: series. gas in World War I, I, One.
1: I'm out of I shouldn't have told
2: you about the pigeons. Why did I have to mention the pigeons?
1: That's fantastic. Okay. This is the chlorine episode. I honestly, like, I kind of do wonder what it's like to be on the receiving end of this show because <laughs> we're so Come ridiculous. On. Shocking. Um, it, it have to we shocking. do actually know and love so much about space. And that is what we're going to talk about in this episode. We just got later a little later. derailed by chlorine. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to, um, We're going to bring it back. I'm going to bring us back to the chlorine episode. And for as as similarly very disjointed, weird train of thoughts, we we conjured together this idea that chlorine somehow was going to get connected to constellations. I don't really remember exactly how that all like progressed, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about constellations and um, Mm. kind of astronomy related stuff and um, the – What do you want to call it? The folklore, the the stories that we have connected to the culture. Yeah, culture. Thank you. Archaeological, (laughs) um, you know, simulations, or I don't know. Um, Friendly reminder that you can follow all of us on social media. I'm Space K Sarah, and we have (laughs) coffee of fun fact science and Benjamin of science actually actually science depending on your platform and you can also go to irockspaceradio.com where we have now episodes up on the website for you to listen to old episodes that have previously played. There is a small albeit merchandise shop, but you can buy hats and I'm hoping they'll put more things on there. You still can sign up for the crew club and get a free t-shirt. So like do that before that goes away. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and we have lots of other shows that you can listen to and check out. So make sure you head over to the station. All right. Constellations space. Space is a beautiful thing. You know, it's one of those things that, um, I think that there's something so universal about looking up at the night sky and, and feeling that smallness. And it, it's sort of the original nighttime entertainment, if you will, um, that, that has really connected cultures. And I think that's something that we brainstormed about before we started recording is that how interesting it is that there are certain themes and certain commonalities throughout time Mm -hmm. that have been noted in the night sky and stories, um, And the one that I know just well off the top of my head and we've talked about on the show is the, the seven sisters, the story of, you know, that that, Mm -hmm. those seven stars are usually like women related Mm -hmm. to each other or like, and there's, there's a couple of different variations of the story of these seven women being pursued by a God or a bear or something like that. And um, do you guys know of any other constellations that have, kind of similar themes like that because that's the one i really remember sticking out as like huh that's interesting that it kind of carries throughout different cultures
0: the big dipper um in a few cultures were looked at as a wagon in german culture they thought it was a wagon in chinese culture they thought it was much more kind of like a wagon but like a like a fancier uh, 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 like a processional type thing where you get like a, a noble person, he would ride through town on that. Um, and I believe in Russian culture, uh, the Big Dipper is part of a giant bear or some major. But also, mm-hmm. there's uh, the 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 Big Dipper itself. Even though it was part of the bear, it was also on its own, not looked at as a dipper, but also as a. A wheeled kind of a cart
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh i just thought that's kind of interesting but then again they're all connected on this one big massive piece of land from germany sure to russia to china but uh it's interesting that there's that one similarity that that's gone through
2: i think just hopping back to the to the pleiades uh, to the seven mm-hmm. sisters for for a moment i i find it interesting that Almost all of the cultures that um, have a story associated with them as a group of women, um, Mm -hmm. they're almost always being chased by, as you said, like uh, a man, a hunter, and that's Mm -hmm. almost always Orion. Orion is the hunter that's chasing one or all of the seven sisters in all these different uh, stories. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very... it's. It's interesting uh, to, to to me that one is is even a little bit more like interesting that that's the commonality whereas when you're saying the big dipper and like a wagon or something like that is the is the common thread I I would sort of think that not only geographically maybe that is the the connecting thought train is that someone heard that story and then it spread across that that kind of area but it also is I think reflective probably of um, the time and the technology, um, when you think of how history lined up and, and how, you know, we still use the Greek name, Greek assignments of constellations here in, in our Western culture, but there's, you know, obviously a time where there's a dip in education and knowledge among, amongst the common lay people, the common people. And so I could see how there would be this new time era where they didn't know the Greek names and so they saw something that they related to in their time that was the technology that you know kind of like oh that looks like a wagon you know and and it probably maybe there's there's a connection there that is a massive speculation but um but they wouldn't have known the greek names for the constellation so they would have found things that were applicable to them uh which makes sense um Go ahead, Kavi. I
2: think I think I think something that was interesting that we were discussing the other day in, in the astronomy department was this idea of when you find these similarities across the astronomy department. Yeah, um,
1: a bunch of nerds sitting around the table. Uh,
2: um, but yeah, my fellow nerds and I uh, were discussing similarities between uh, Chinese astronomy um, and um, Native. Uh, Uh, or indigenous, I should say, uh, astronomy in in like different uh, Aboriginal cultures, because there are multiple different uh, First Nations uh, in Australia that all have slightly different um, kind of cultural stories uh, relating to the sky. And then it's called uh, Songlines, which is Songlines has nothing to do with, um, you know, (laughs) the traditional way that you and I might be thinking about songs and everybody being obsessed with their, their Spotify rap these days. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's, yes. it's, it's basically a connection between um, the sky and the country, the sky and the land, and it will often be associated with, you know, useful um, agricultural or practical knowledge as well. Sure. But what's interesting is that in a lot of cases, you would see these common stories that would connect different um, Indigenous groups to a common root. And I think even, you know, more interestingly than that, how wild it is to think about a common story that would link, um, let's say, the Waradjuri people in southeastern Australia to, um, you know, Greek astronomy, um, which would somehow have to link back to a common ancestor, let's say, in Africa. Yeah, and and just thinking that to have a story, because you know, uh, um, Indigenous Australian astronomy traces its roots back like 60,000 years. Yeah. And it's almost it's- like a time capsule of what astronomy might have looked like, you know, predating right. the Greeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. We're going to take a break. Um, And I like this. I like where this conversation is going though, because I, um, that, that connecting thread of the things that are in the night sky that, you know, no matter where you are on planet earth, certain things happen around the world. Um, And I have, I have a thought process to this. We're going to take a break and I will continue (laughs) it. I want to do this. Like, let's pretend we just stop and keep recording, but like, I need to stop. I need to take a break. So let's stop. And uh, when we return, we'll talk more about constellations and culture and, and how it has impacted the history of humanity. And I, I, to me, it's a like, probably one of the coolest conversations. I, I honestly think that it's something that is so deeply rooted in, I don't know, the psyche of who we are as humans. So, anyway, <laughs> you are listening to The Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds, and that's an understatement, Kavi and Benjamin <laughs> here on IRock Space Radio. Welcome back to The Space Case Sarah Show, where... You know, occasionally history is made. And once again, it has been done here because Kavi made it back to the green room. I believe that I said that December was going to be where we tallied it up, but I don't know if you're going to have time to catch up at this point. Um, But you that I feel like when you got your win, celebrate your win. Like, <laughs> like you That's won. Right. You never
0: catch up. There's no time.
1: Right. <laughs> time is relative. I like how you're salty. <laughs> you're, you're salty. It's like he does it once every, like, ten. <laughs> Green let me are. have this. <laughs> let him have uh, okay. his win. <laughs> I think it's a two to one.
0: All
1: right. Well, you're listening to the Space Case, Sarah Show. And if you're a little bit out of the loop, what has has uh, what has been happening is that we have this game where I hit new recording and it boots everybody out. And then they have to let themselves back into our recording studio. And there's a race to see who gets back first. And Kavi, we we think because he's on the other side of the world, might have a slight disadvantage. Um, the
2: game's rigged.
1: <laughs> but but every once in a while, he gets his win. And today was that day. The second was, segment. Yeah, let's just of, talk yeah, about uh, space stuff now, please. <laughs>
0: well, I'll talk it. about space now. Let's talk about space.
1: <laughs> We are talking about constellations and culture, and uh, I think we can even expand out beyond that and and talk about um, other kind of uh, astronomy-ish related things. Um, but you were talking about how uh, astronomy in indigenous cultures like Australia go back like 60,000 years. I think that that is so incredible, and it's um, one of those things that grounds me so in such a significant way, because it, it humbles me to think that some of the same things that we see in the night sky, 60,000 years, somebody else saw the same thing. And that to me is just some of those things that I, I are just so deeply moving. Benjamin went, eh. but I'm saying like, yeah. think of like a lunar eclipse mm-hmm. and how like, whoa, well, any eclipse to people <laughs> in those and types especially of
2: especially a life. solar eclipse.
1: Right, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. A solar eclipse. You can't was, ignore
2: a solar eclipse.
1: Was just, oh, well, I mean, it's even today, it's, 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 I haven't actually, I, so I'm saying this having only experienced it in a 360 sort of virtual thing. I've never been <sighs> to a full, I've oh. never seen a full eclipse. I've been through oh, many eclipses right. partially, but not a full and are I know. I know. There's a good one coming in, what, 2024?
2: Mm-hmm. In April. Yeah,
1: it's, it's coming up all the way, like, whoop, right through the middle mm-hmm. of the United States. It's going down into the southern states where the viewing will be practically guaranteed to be okay, whereas up in the northeast, it's a little bit dicier weather-wise. But <laughs> when I see those 360 videos, it, it, it messes with your mind because... You start hearing the crickets chirping and mm. it's and it's and it's like it's dark, and your brain hears the crickets and you're just like, "Oh, it's nighttime, and i can't imagine what it would have been like to be someone experiencing that for the first time back when you had absolutely no idea why the f that's happening <laughs> right? you'd be sitting there <laughs> cooking your meal and then you're like, what it's lunchtime." Mm. <laughs>
2: Imagine they like relatively, <laughs> relatively advanced. Like you have a civilization that exists for, for you know several thousand years, and they develop stories around the sun and the moon, and you know they give them personalities. And you create a, a routine. You understand. You explain. You explain the you know astronomical behavior. Now that we understand, it's just orbital mechanics. Um, and then it's just like something totally random happens. You're like w- right. Why he do that? What, like what? Right, right.
1: Like what? Yeah. What? What be happened now? What? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm, we have angered the sun god.
1: Yeah. Well, and Columbus so. Did that so what I'm thinking about here. is, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I
2: was saying Christopher
0: Columbus came over here, and he tried to uh, get uh, natives somewhere in the Caribbean uh, to help him resupply or whatever, and they didn't want to, and, and he said, well, if you don't, I'm going to take away the sun. But he knew that oh. day there's going to be a solar eclipse because he comes from land of science.
2: Sneaky, but
0: blew their minds, and uh, yeah, so he brought the sun back, and they, <laughs> and they helped, and they helped them out. I forget which. Yeah, that's it was, that's that's a little that's a, a little
1: devious. <laughs> it's oh, pretty it's interesting. Well. It's funny, too, when you think about um, like comets and mm-hmm. the 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 stories, the, the the I don't want to say the folklore, but that the um, what am I trying to say? What's the right word? Like the superstition that was behind comets mm-hmm. is very universal around the world that like a comet was a bad thing, was yep. not a good thing. And then you have enough recorded history building up that somebody's like, hmm, who do you know? Well, it's sh- this kind of it kind of seems to come at intervals like right like it shows up at the same time um maybe this is not a sign from a deity that a king is going to die maybe it's maybe it's a thing <laughs> that, that we could we can observe and measure um, ergo the birth of science but um, comets <laughs> are, are, are you have to yeah right
2: I was just going to say, like, it's it's interesting. You have to get to a point where, like, firstly, the lifespan of human beings is long enough to oh, see a repeat event, yes. and or you know, and, and if it's not an individual person, you have to have recorded history or or you know, right. an oral or written form to pass on that information from generation to generation. But to get to that point where you're where you're putting in that effort, you need to be comfortable in a survival sense meaning yes you, you, like like in so order to focus enough, your efforts yeah yes like yeah. you're not you're not like f- focusing all of your energy and efforts just on surviving and on getting food and not getting killed it's like okay we're chill here um what's happening up there mm-hmm. uh, or out there i always like to um think of astronomy not as looking up at the sky but at looking out uh, into the universe um which is I think for kids, especially that first time that they realize they're looking out and not up mm. is something that's very unifying. Um, cause I remember when I was living in Israel in the Northern hemisphere and all of my family, uh, in Melbourne in Australia was on the other side of this ball of dirt that we all live on. It's like, we're not, we're not looking up, we're looking outwards and seeing the same sky. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's just my little
1: <laughs> yeah. Thing. Benjamin,
2: hmm. my really
1: computer is saying that you're offline. Oh. Do, do I
2: you
0: saw that pick your... up. It, everything looks fine to me. I saw it blink on and it blinked right off. It says you I just see him, it and then it said reconnected okay. right away.
1: Mine is saying you're offline. You I'm a little concerned because I, I can don't see him how...
2: there and I can see his line.
1: You can it's see squiggly lines. Okay, I see just, all of you
0: guys. Do you guys hear me at all and
1: see me? I I can see you and hear you. It's just it says you're offline, and then oh. there's no line and no squigglies. So oh. all right, I think well I'll there. just okay. I'll he's with us in spirit. <laughs> he's we'll we'll name a constellation after you. Um, yes, David Bowie. <laughs> uh, no, uh I that's. I think, again, the thing that I think is just so wonderful about astronomy is the deeply unifying thing that looking out, not up, but out, connects us all. Because I have traveled the world rather extensively over the past year, and it does not fail to move me to look at the moon wherever I'm at and know that that's the same moon Mm -hmm. that I saw back at home and um and there's something so so just beautiful about the the concept also of looking at the rising sun and i know this is again i'm like i'm just this sappy romantic person i see the sun rising and i often think about the egyptian culture that like this in you know for a a time the entire civilization decided that they were going to be monotheistic instead of you know, having many gods. They were gonna have just one god, and it was gonna be the sun god, and they completely uprooted their whole civilization and moved the the capital of their city to another area. And then, you know, that all fell apart, and then they tried to erase that that pharaoh from history, and then they moved everything back. And I'm looking at that same that same sun. I'm looking at that same sun that caused all that drama in history. It's that same ball of, you know, fire in in the <laughs> in the universe that caused all that. And I'm looking at the same one. And to me, that's just like, I don't know. There's something so profound about that. Um, and we're such a
2: blip relatively, it right? It
1: is, yes. Like the yeah. sun's just
2: like, you know, churning away, you know, fusing hydrogen. It's just doing its thing. Yeah. It's just doing its thing. And it it was doing its thing long before we got here. And it will be doing its thing long after we're not here anymore.
1: I oh, know. Cool. But it like completely uprooted and changed people's lives in that culture in many cultures the sun's kind of a big deal to a lot of cultures it's a a pretty big deal it's kind of a kind of a big deal deal. everybody (laughs) come see how good i look um so constellations uh the other thing i wanted to kind of drop you know knowledge that i know because i don't know i feel bad i always call myself a lazy astronomer i kind of am but i'm i'm not some some people they just they know every constellation in the sky and i'm like yeah i know the major ones mm-hmm. um but like I kenneth major Ursa Major. <laughs> that was good um <laughs> major but major. um oh gosh now you just you real me what was i gonna say i'm sorry <laughs> no i was gonna say that i do i think it's an, it's australia too but there was one indigenous culture that instead of the constellations being the bright spots, they found mm. the, the shapes in the dark yeah. spots. Oh. that's, that's something like, that yeah. I
2: think a lot of a lot of the different Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island cultures uh, uh, within Australia would do that. Um, especially uh, there are different so there are different names for this particular constellation, but um, I think the Waradjie name is Gugerman, which is basically the the giant the great emu in the sky, and so the center of the Milky Way. Um I mean if I had visual aids I could point it out to you but you can kind of picture like <laughs> radio <there's> like, <laughs> Yeah I was always told that I had a face for radio. Um so there's like <laughs> a larger a larger rounder part that kind of tapers off uh, from right. kind of like the body of the emu to the neck and head of the emu. And right. um and that's kind of like the black center uh, the dark center of the Milky Way rather than like you were saying being formed from connecting individual dots. The light, yeah amazing. yeah
1: Yeah, Yeah. so they like they made shapes out of the dark patches where there weren't any stars. Yeah. And so that's fantastic. I don't remember the name of the program. I I used to have it on my computer and I don't anymore. Um but uh yes. You can choose a culture and it will it will tell you the constellations from that culture, as opposed to the, the Western. Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Benjamin's dropping his jaw. It's it's like, really download cool. it immediately.
2: <laughs> uh, that's what
1: I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> and it's free. Or um, you can find it. Can you say the name of it again, Kavi? It's
2: Stellarium. Stellarium. Yeah, uh, Americans call it Stellarium. Stellarium. I've
1: heard like, of like it. Like like Stella, yeah. like but it's like but it's star. free. Uh, for a download or you can use it just through your browser it's a little bit slower through the browser in my experience but you can find not only different cultures but you can also find locations and then you can choose a date so you could go and find where you were born geographically and the day you were born and look at the sky as it was the day you were born (laughs)
2: I'm it. loving Benjamin's face. He he's just like he's like on an adventure right now. Store.
1: He is on an adventure exploring. <laughs> yeah, the night there scene. it is.
2: The great emu. He sent it in our in our group chat. Exactly. Oh, sorry,
0: guys.
1: There. It's, it's a, uh, you always
0: think of constellations as this collection of points in the sky, but then I hear just now for the very first time that there's a culture that made constellations out of places where there's a the darkness, am- empty yes. space, and it's beautiful. Yes. Isn't it? Oh. Yeah, so well, cool. and
1: you have to think about it too, because in, in these cultures and, and, you know, a lot of them, um, and I have yet to experience this myself, but when you're in a dark sky location, you actually can't even find constellations from what I'm told, because there's so much, there's so much, you can't, you can't figure out where, where things are anymore because you're seeing so mm-hmm. much. So I can see how that they would find a constellation in the darkness because they had such less light pollution. So people turn off your front porch lights. <laughs> God, turn off your darn light. Yeah. No, I was,
2: <laughs> I was out in, um, I, it's like a six hour drive Northwest of Sydney. So it's like middle of nowhere. There are a lot of great, um, uh, you know, like professional telescopes, uh, observatories out there. And, um, my partner and I were camping out there and, the great emu in the sky was like the the most prominent thing that you could see because everything else like you're saying it's just a mess of stars in every direction and it's it's just so like you look up at the center of the milky way and you see this dark blur and and shape and it's like i i get it now i see yeah it.
1: Oh, it's so cool, yeah. Just because you're in Australia,
0: I mean, it's so easy, in theory, to get away from big city lights and go out into the middle.
2: You could and... do the exact same thing. Go to Owens Valley. It's probably equidistant for you from California. Just drive towards Nevada and stop in the middle of nowhere and you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, you have you, you got some good dark areas if you just go to Owens deep.
0: Valley?
2: Oh, well, like Owens Valley specifically is somewhere I, I went a few years back um, there's a radio telescope there, and lots of mosquitoes if you're there. <laughs> <in> the summer. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, it's, I'll it's, be sure it's to tell of... my
0: son Owen he has his own valley. Ah. Oh.
1: <laughs> we need to take a break, and we'll pick this up. It's you know what I have to just say really quick before we take the break that it is so fun for me to have conversations with you guys because I'm like what we, like we like we're at, we're already at break time we talk it it's just it's so much fun talking with you guys i feel like we would be in big trouble the day that we get together in real life because <laughs> we'll never stop talking so you're uh, you are listening to the space case Sarah show with the space nerds kavi and benjamin here on irock space radio welcome back to the space case Sarah show with the space nerds kavi and benjamin here on irock space radio and we're talking about constellations. I think this is the most basic space thing, but it's also some of the most beautiful of space things. That was actually really convincing for a second there. Benjamin was. Actually <laughs> I almost panicked <laughs> for a hot second um, <clears throat> because I think it's beautiful because it's so unifying to all the cultures. Not only was it used as signals for seasons and crop harvests, but it was also used for navigation. And there are a lot of similarities, but there are also Mm -hmm. very unique differences, like finding the patterns in the darkness, which Mm -hmm. I love the picture that you shared in our thread, Benjamin. He shared a picture of the emu in the Milky Way. Um, And we talked about comets and the sun Mm -hmm. and eclipses. What are some other astrological phenomenon or things that probably either freaked people out or unified people? I mean, Oh, supernova. Ooh, Supernova. 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 Yeah. I would love to see one.
2: Well, Probably not from too close because that would be bad. Um, yeah,
1: that
0: would be bad. <laughs> keep, keep an eye on, uh, on Beetle Guys. Beetlejuice Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice,
1: Beetlejuice. Come on. I want it to go. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: just Beetlejuice the star yeah, has a, a Twitter account that constantly teases that it's about to blow up. This is one of the funniest Twitter accounts there is.
2: I think there's a bot <laughs> yes. that's like tweeting out every day. I think the account's called like "Has Beetlejuice Gone Supernova Yet?" Yes. And every day, just tweets
1: no, no. <laughs> but anyway, supernovas, yes, yeah. That's a good one. There yeah. was,
2: there was. Um, I think the first recorded, uh, supernova was in 1054, and it was discovered by um, Chinese astronomers who noted a guest star uh, that yeah. would often. Uh, call supernovas uh, guest stars because they would show up for a few days or a few weeks or in rare cases a few months and they would kind of like appear out of nowhere and they had thought at the time originally that it's like oh a new star has been discovered and then just when they got used to this new star it went i i'm peace out and just disappeared.
1: (laughs) imagine imagine some some early human is like um, I am naming my child after the name of this new guest star and, like, have all this, like, meaning put behind it. And then it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm Where'd sorry. What you name me you're... after, Dad? But there was a
0: star right there. <laughs> I named you after that I one you right there. <laughs> a star. Come on, Dad. No, I I'm swear. I swear. It's going
2: to be important. <laughs> 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 Another fun thing that you can do with Stellarium is that you can actually see when like what people would have seen a thousand years ago, what the stars would have looked like if there was a new star that was suddenly super bright, super luminous, supernova, um or even like changes in the constellations, which I'm sorry, astrology people and horoscope people, like the constellations well oh, yeah, no. Oh, no. they've changed.
1: Don't mess my Mercury and no. Gatorade nonsense. I know. I can't. I can't, I, know. I can't. How am I going to explain all the bad things in my life? Venus yeah. is
2: rising and Mercury's in Uranus. <laughs> it's it's terrible.
1: <laughs> we have the utmost respect for all people on this show, except for people who are really into astrology. Apparently, honestly, yeah, uh, no, it's anyway. it's like. It it can be
2: no, it can be cute for a second, and it's like oh, you know, I base my personality on the random position of a bunch of you know, burning balls of gas, millions um, of light years away. But also, astrology can be used to justify horrible behavior of uh, right. you know, forced arranged marriages in Indian culture, um, like just terrible things. So yeah, if you want to like, it's, it's kind of like you, you can look at the clouds and say, oh, that cloud looks like a sheep cool mm-hmm. that's nice like mm-hmm. don't pace any decisions uh, mm-hmm. off it Um yes whereas, and this yeah. isn't
1: this isn't the point of the episode whatsoever but there are hills i will die on and retrograde motion is one of those where i get <laughs> i get like no yep. no the planet is not doing anything different than it has always been doing it is just an optical illusion because of orbital movement yep. it, it makes nothing. me i I, like, a hill I will die on. Is Except like... when
0: Mercury goes to Pisces. When Mercury goes to Pisces, definitely. Pisces. <laughs> my, my lottery tickets. But apart from that, everything else is all bogus. Uh,
1: yes. Well. No. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Let's that. Let's go find yes. our horoscopes now. Okay. Um, <laughs> but But, hey, that's actually a really good tie-in to this conversation. Mm-hmm. That is the history of, like, modern science astronomy. It was astrology. It was based on people observing things and being advisors to the king because they're like, we saw this and this, and um, that means there's going to be a really good crop this year. But as these astrologers started observing the night sky more and more, they started understanding it. And they were like, oh, hey, this isn't actually like random universal, <laughs> you know, universe sending us signs. There's there's um, there's. Rhythms and patterns, and and so uh I, I do think that that it's a, it's a it's it's not a bad thing to admit that astrology exists. But it's like you know, astrology was something that was useful for the knowledge at the time. Yeah, for them. That's Ugh. how they
2: that's how they tracked that's how they tracked the seasons, as you said, and and used you know right. the motion right. of the of the planets and mm-hmm. the constellations as a calendar. Um, which I Absolutely. would love to have a space calendar, like space anything, sign me up for sure. But yeah, oh, like once oh, you had-
1: NASA can send you some. Oh yeah. The way. yeah. Please. Yes, thank
2: you. <laughs> All the space I'll just call NASA. I'll, I'll call NASA. Oh, I, you're tight with NASA? I thought you were just tight with uh, the ESA.
0: No, I'll, I'll call NASA. I got there.
1: <laughs> I'm in the ambassador program. They na- send us calendars. Calendar. I'm not joking. So if you want one, I'll take I'll Yeah. <laughs> send them my way but anyway no it it is it is uh it's i don't think it's um it's it's funny to kind of mock a little bit now but um it was important at a certain time and so Mm -hmm. were lots of other you know pseudo kind of things like using leeches to Mm -hmm. cure diseases and stuff like that it's it's kind Tracy of it's Mercury. part of that it's kind of that process that gets us to where we are now and so to discredit the knowledge that people have before us who had you know they, they were just doing what they thought maybe was something that was gonna, <laughs> gonna be beneficial at their time mm-hmm. is I would say akin to like us getting faulted for not understanding dark matter or dark energy or you know things that we're starting to s- discover now in particle physics and where we're like you know it, it would be like generations ahead of us looking back and be like, oh, those idiots. They didn't know, you know. Well, science is a self-correcting
0: process. Exactly. You you, you do the best you can with what you know, and then you learn something better or more accurate, and then you switch gears a bit away from leeches, (sighs) say.
2: Can, Can we... I know it's not quite in line with the constellation i
1: don't care the, the conversation we're talking is about the leeches direction. now
0: uh, Kyle <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: no but, but like doing the best we can there was this i don't know if you guys saw it there was a paper about um a wormhole
1: mm-hmm. oh no! Did y'all hear about that no <sighs> oh boy basically
2: basically the the this paper was published um that described this really interesting process where uh, you know a signal was passed um, between bits of a quantum computer. I'm like yeah. highly oversimplifying but <laughs> the the implications that were drawn it's it's the sort of thing that you can create a certain sort of signal processing in quantum computers that could be seen in a way as being parallel to information passing between two black holes in some very niche way. Right. And all the headlines were like scientists send quantum signal through wormholes and mm. like no <laughs> no it's a simulation. if you sensationalize science no one will believe us when we actually find the cool things
1: right right oh. yeah it's yes one second i need a dog a dog dog at my yell yell at my dog
2: don't dog at your yell people do not target your yell.
0: It's a hundred percent true what Kavi said
2: about, the, <laughs> about people
0: yeah. not reading the science articles, and they just stick at the headlines, and then maybe they'll read that one sentence blurb that comes with the headline,
1: right? No, and then they it... walk
0: away enlightened, thinking they're the expert now on some incredibly yeah. complex subject matter, and. Right. Uh, they never read the article, and right you, you, you can't blame the, the the publications because they want to get people to come read it's their like articles. Me. Yeah, and so yeah. I mean, there's this weird fine line you have to walk between like how do I get them to come here without sounding like an idiot, and how do they read something that's simplified but not too simplified? That right, kind of. It's it's a hard, hard, hard hard problem to deal it's,
2: with it's it's a really it's a really fine line and um i remember uh, fraser kane of the universe today once had like mentioned to me in this conversation we we're having about like how to communicate effectively from academia to outside of academia he was saying that like pretty much every headline i mean universe today is huge at this point with you know a bunch of different writers but he approves every headline because you have to walk this fine line of like you want to mm-hmm. get people interested mm-hmm. but you don't want to be clickbaity And you don't want to mislead Mm -hmm. them into like different things. And so I've just, I've looked up the um, title of the paper that I was talking about and the title of uh, this, this article is a holographic wormhole transversed in a quantum computer.
1: Mm. Yeah. A lot different. Which is
2: very specific. It's very niche. And if you're in that field, you understand what it means and you understand the implications without jumping to, incorrect conclusions Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) well and I would have to say that you know I think that we give a lot of flack to media and clickbaity stuff today but uh, tying it into the theme of this episode it was done historically all through through time in history whenever there is big celestial events I think the comets are a great example they were like oh my god a king is going to die there Let's are invade. four <laughs> tails four tails yeah like <laughs> you know can you imagine the uh the the town crier well i feel like that's almost too late at that point but you know like whoever is like this is this is bad this is bad um we it's i think that's the 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 if you want to call it a niche thing it's the the niche thing about us humans is that we kind of like drama though like as much as we want you like that's what you're saying like the fine line right am i the drama on me i don't think so (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it's so true because you can't also approach sharing information like very cut dry if it doesn't have a little bit of a hook people aren't Mm going to get interested. And so Mm -hmm. it is, it's it's that fine balance where you're not like leaving them on too much, but you need a little bit of entertainment drama. Otherwise they're going to be like, eh, like, why should I like, I'm trying to think of it, I mean, an example. That,
2: that's what like me and uh, Benjamin and I, uh, you know, we're kind of like come for the memes, stay for the science type. Exactly. Science right.
1: Yes. That's your approach right. as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i just like come for the nonsense and maybe you'll get some stay science. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe you'll get some science. Um, all right. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up, but is there any other like constellation-y kind of thingy that you guys were thinking of Benjamin? pinged a lot of ideas earlier about different things we could talk about but honestly we don't really seem to struggle filling our time what? with conversation here <laughs> um if I think we, we do have just, anything yeah go ahead
2: i think yeah i think we should just like direct people to um look up either you know um australian indigenous astronomy or mm-hmm. just use delirium yeah, and muck around with like chinese astronomy or whatever it is just right. take a second to look at the different cultures look for similarities look for differences and um, just remember that like you know the horoscope ast- astrological constellations or whatever that like you know you probably know and love or know and hate <laughs> are not the only things that exist on this planet they're just like yeah. the most spoken about
0: and not and, just that, look up constellations yeah. on the other hemisphere that opposite. Yeah. Where oh my gosh, live. yeah. I mean, the the biggest constellation in the sky, as far as how much uh, space it takes up of the night sky, is Hydra, and that's the southern hemisphere. And I can't see that from here. And uh-huh. so,
1: <laughs> you're
0: jealous. And so, mm-hmm. I totally am so jealous. But there are, <laughs> okay. so look up constellations that are opposite where you are you'll be amazed how incredibly complex they are and unique they are and it's very very funny it's
1: very it's very cool and then Mm -hmm. like i'm saying though the things that I, i think are so just so awesome is you still have these fixed things the moon the sun like there are certain things that doesn't matter where you are you're gonna see the same thing and i i think that there's just something very special about that so Yes, this is the Space K. Sarah show where we meander all around our thought processes and end up somehow at the end of the show. And uh, again, a reminder, we're all on social media. I'm not going to plug those again because I feel like I do that so much. Um, But also make sure you check out iRock Space Radio and listen to old episodes, which we hope to be regularly updating. Um, And uh, thank you for listening. And we're just uh, happy to be your space nerdy group here that drops some random (laughs) knowledge and wisdom. And I'm still not fully recovered from the world war one bird pigeon. Yeah. Those are still Uh, blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we are the space case era show. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next week, and you are on iRock Space Radio. And um, that was a really weird extra, but outro, extra, outro. I'm I'm tired. All right, iRock Space Radio, Space Case Sarah, Pachoo hey.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. A production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.